0: Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues.
1: What have I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you could be prepared for your tomorrow?
0: Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course.
1: The Bible reads, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2 says, For by it, by faith, the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear, or visible things were not made out of visible substance, they were made out of invisible substance. And the Bible goes on to document great men and women of faith who believed God and their lives were documented for reference. Um, I want us today to, to take note on the things that God will say to us about our faith. Greet two or three people, show them some love and then let's be, let's be seated in the presence of the Lord. Before we, we uh, continue or even discuss this, a matter of fact, let me do this and then we'll get into the text. Um, one of the things that God has laid on my heart as it relates to, to um, growing a congregation of people, a church is a very powerful place. We, we're dealing with some different issues and struggles as it relates to um, positioning ourselves in this 21st century. Uh, we're dealing now in, in Montgomery with a situation, and I don't want to go into too much detail about it, but um, I want you to know my heart about it. We, we have um, an individual that was coming to the service, and we found out that the person was coming dressed as a woman, but it's actually a man. Um, when I found out about it, I said to them, they came to me and said, Pastor, what is your advice? What should we do? And I said, let, let them uh, continue to come, and preferably they receive the word of the Lord, and they will change. Well, um, we were confused, not confused, but confronted by this issue when um, when the gentleman was seen coming out of the ladies bathroom in one particular service and so I told him the next time he comes I want you to meet him at the door bring him to the office and let's minister life to him because while the church is a the Bible calls the church the pillar and ground of the truth we are we are the mainstay of truth now I want you to understand something and I want to be clear about this no matter what your position is as it relates to your spiritual development if you're struggling with anything uh, your struggle is legitimate. I believe that um, your struggle tells me that you are in a battle for your soul. Struggles don't scare me. What scares me is passiv- passiveness or passivity. When you start now um, receiving your lie or your deception as truth, the devil can tell you that, that um, you know, or you were born in a male's body, but you're actually a woman. The devil can tell you that. And and um you could say, well, you know, I struggle with that identity crisis. I have great respect for that. But when you give into it to the point where you come and you want me to participate in your lie, now I got a problem. So, because I can't help you if I buy into your lie. So, and and I'm going somewhere with this. I'm setting this up because what God has dealt with me about concerns the church. We have a large contingency of of constituents. That's, that's a good word. We have a, a large congregation. And what the Lord is dealing with me about is setting the house in order. First, I want to apologize to this congregation for not, being, for, for not uh, seeing to it that the, the staff here communicate to you all that we're doing in a timely manner. God has dealt with my heart about us not giving you information fast enough and thorough enough. And, and, and those of you who come here, you know I'm telling you the truth. Sometimes things are, are, are happening and you don't find out till the last minute. Now, I want you to know that your pastor has been grieved with that for at least, at least the last seven years. But what I've done in dealing with it has been I've, I've come at, the, at this thing from the wrong angle. You know, I, I, I can be carnal when I deal with this because it makes me just mad that, that we know something and you don't. So I, I apologize. And, and I know you being the loving congregation that you are, you forgive me right now. Amen. Yes, yes, you do. Thank God for that. Um, from this day forward, you will have information and um, you will have it uh, on time. And if not, then just know someone is being ministered to because of that. But now what I expect also of you is one of the things that I do with the Lord is no matter how I'm feeling in my body or no matter what I'm dealing with personally, I, I go out of my way to have a word for you. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. In Hebrews 11, chapter one, the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is evidence. It is evidence of things you can't see, and what you need in your life to win is evidence. You need something that's substantial. Your eyes, as a matter of fact, every every member of your body has been given to you to substantiate something that God created for you. Your eyes substantiate color. And form and figure. Your hands substantiate things by touch. It identifies things that are physical. Every part of you substantiates something else. Amen. Something that's that's released to you by God. Well, the Bible says faith deals with the invisible. As much as you don't like to uh, uh, think about this, more than half of your life consists of things you cannot see. When my mother, I was I was walking with my mother one time. Oh, I was an adult at this time, and she. She walked into a store, she bought her some yogurt, and she said, here, you need to eat one. I said, I don't don't eat spoiled milk. And we we joked about it. And she told me, you need it. And I said, why? She said, well, it has bacteria in it. I said, of course, it's spoiled. And she said, the bacteria in it is good bacteria, it's good for you. So I said, well, no thank you. Well, years later, I went to a doctor, and the doctor said, you know, oh, by the way, you know, um, bacteria is good for you. You need to take what's called probiotics. I was like, what's what's probiotics? He said, it's good bacteria. So how do you get probiotics? He said, well, you either get it from um, eating uh, yogurt, spoiled <laughs> milk, or, or from taking the pills. And, and so my thing to him was, how important is this? He said, you can't see the bacteria, but your body needs it. Over half of what you need, you can't see. And so anything, in the, not just spiritual things or what you call religious things, but anything that's invisible to your eye, it takes faith to apprehend it. It takes faith. faith. Verse, verse 2 says, by faith, by living by faith, the elders or the people that lived before us obtained a good report from God. In other words, God spoke well about them based on the, them uh, uh, apprehending things that they couldn't see by just believing. Verse 3 goes on to say, through faith, we have the capability of understanding things we otherwise would not understand. So I would go to school and take a science class or, or go to medical school, and they would explain to me things I can't see with the naked eye, but, but those little um, additions of information explain things I can see. So they start talking to me about free radicals and things that cause cancer. I can't see them, but, but I could see a cancerous growth. You got it? By understanding the invisible, the visible makes sense. How many of you understand that? Well, if you're going to walk in faith, if you're going to live in faith, one of the things you have to understand is that there is something required of you to live by faith. You can't just, you can't just be a quote-unquote faith person and not do something. Now, our pastor, um, I think when we do the numbers together, including our children, 4,100 people. 4,100 people. 4,100 folk. Don't plan to lose any. Everybody goes to heaven. Bless the Lord. My job, I'm the bus driver. My job is to get you home. People can get on the bus and get off the bus. Don't make me no never mind. Got to keep driving the bus. I drive the bus. But you look around the building, it only seats 1,800. I'm not concerned with new growth. Today, I'm concerned with you, because as long as you live under the concept that you can you can use God as a turn on, turn off God, that God can be your genie in the bottle, you're living a deceived life. And the truth that I'm teaching you is not taking. So the Spirit of the Lord sent me here today to, to talk to you about releasing faith to live as a partner. Every person, when I pray for myself, and I'm taking my time today because oh, I had a wonderful time this past weekend and I have a hangover. <laughs> Not from drinking, just from having fun. <laughs> and and uh, God has God dealt with me about this partnership thing because each one of us, when I pray for myself... I pray for myself, number one, as a person, then number two, I pray for myself as a partner to my wife, I pray for myself as a parent to my children, then I pray for myself as a pastor to my congregation, and these are the four Ps of me. It's not unique to me because if you think about it, you yourself are a person. You are a partner, in, even if you're single, you're a partner with somebody. When I define it, you'll know I'm telling the truth. Um, You are a parent, even if you don't have children, you sire something. Something um, submits to you. Parenting is just another form of of shepherding in one dimension. And and then you are pastoral with oversight of something in your life. You you at least fit three of of, of the four categories, if not all four. Every one of us in the room, if if we're adults. So I pray myself, pray for myself on these four or uh, four um, levels, and ask the Lord to help me to be effective in each one. You got it. When you deal with partnership, you have to understand that partnership is not man's idea. When you uh, consider the state of the church in the 21st century, you'll see from the latter part of the 20th century we lost the meaning of what it meant to be in Christ. And so what happens is you often hear people speak of my ministry. or or my job, or my, everything is me. It's it's unfortunate that we don't count in the people that help us. And until you start speaking in first person plural, you, you can't be effective. It can't be me, it has to be us, or our. You got it? I have to understand that I can't accomplish anything by myself, partnership is critical to what God has called me to do. My first partner, as a matter of fact, how many of you want want to hear the rest of this? This is critical because, you you see what happens is you lose good people from your life because you you speak up when we're doing the work, when we're doing the work of the thing, it's us. We want us to work. But when the glory comes, it's me. It's my business, it's my business. But when it's time to work, it's our job. So what has to happen, I have to to begin to live my life in faith by a partnership mentality. People come to me and say, "Uh, uh, uh, ministers especially, Pastor Ramsey, how did you build this facility? Well, the thing is, Pastor Ramsey didn't build this. We did. I was passing, I was coming back into the city from the retreat and I passed by this billboard. And there's my face on the billboard. And I immediately begin to talk to God. I said, God, this is what I said. You know how uncomfortable I am with that. You know it. The only reason I'm doing this is because this is what you want. Left up to me, you heard Pastor Wallace say, those of you that went to the retreat, when he met me, I was an introvert. I would have remained an introvert had God not fooled me. Because I'm real comfortable being by myself. No, I'm telling you. I could study, sometimes I get grieve on Wednesday night when I got to leave my time of study to come teach. Because I was learning when I was there by myself. So what I want you to understand is God has a partnership mentality. As a matter of fact, in 1 Peter 4 and 10, the, the Bible indicates to us that God needs all of us working in concert with a partnership mentality to express the glory of Jesus Christ. No one person can do it. That's why he took the gifts that were in Jesus Christ, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily, and he split the gifts up amongst many people. So watch this. I don't have per se the gift of healing. I don't have the gift. But if I get with the elders of the church and go to pray for someone, together now, the Bible says, we go, we anoint the person with oil in the name of the Lord, and that we offer the prayer of faith collectively, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, God will raise him up. I don't have the gift of healing, but collectively the presbytery does. They can bring me in to do a teaching revival, and I will teach and God will be glorified. But if they want healing in that same meeting, they may have to bring someone with that gift in at the same time. We are so divided in our thinking that people will leave a church where teaching is to go to a church where the gift of healing is. They will give up healing, or teaching rather, to get healing. Watch this. And because they're not taught on how to keep it, they can't keep their healing, so they have to go back to the teaching to get taught again. And you see what we're doing? So the church is not being added to. We're just exchanging members. And it's all rooted in the fact that we do not understand the collective mindset that God has. God wants us to be members one of another. God wants us to be be partnership-wise in our thinking. He wants us to consider ourselves members of something else. That is critical because if we don't ever get this, then we'll never attain to the maturity that God has called us to.
0: Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Art Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Heart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Stay connected with Pastor Heart Ramsey on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HeartRamsey. Oh <laughs> yeah. Have you subscribed to Heart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service, where daily you can hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God. Pastor Hart Ramsey. To receive this daily encouragement, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Again, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Hart Ramsey's UPLIFT. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey.
1: In Luke chapter 5, go to Luke chapter 5 in your Bible. I want you to look with me from verse 1. I want to read a, a, a chunk of this to you as we begin to, whoa, money. Lots of money. Somebody put money, in. Lord God, lots of money. Praise the Lord. Um, someone today came to church. Um, and you, Now, no, don't, don't play me on this. Do not play me on this. You, you, you were short on your rent this month. A Single mother, where are you? you lift your hand, you're short on your rent, to come. Come, quickly. Come, 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 come. Here. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, um, I'm going to tell you how that happens sometimes. Time. I opened my Bible, and, my, and they must have put it in my Bible in Montgomery because it wasn't there. Wow. Glory to God. Somebody got blessed. Okay, what did I tell you? Luke chapter Luke chapter, Luke chapter 5. All right. And sister, God says there's more where that came from. That's exactly what he just said. Um, all right. Watch this now. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesareth. He saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were going out of them and were washing their nets. This is Jesus. He entered into one of the ships. There was nobody there. Did nobody invite him? He didn't get permission. Entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and, and he. Oh, Simon was there. He prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the ship, or out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for drawth. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled, toiled all night, have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when he had this, when he had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their, unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that, uh, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they, both the ships, began to sink when, people, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Sister, how short were you? Is, does that meet the need? How, are you short, like $200 more? Yeah? Hmm. You know, this is crazy. It, I'm, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Well, you know... Sorry about that. I, yeah, there's, there's more where that came from. Okay. Um, praise the Lord. You know, um, I would have never noticed, but he wouldn't leave me alone. I was trying to read it. He was talking. It's, that's kind of disturbing. So <laughs> There was more where that came from. Okay. Where did we stop? Where were we? Verse 8. Okay. and when <laughs> It was beautiful for you to come to church today, wasn't it? Um, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the droth of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto them, Fear not, from henceforth ye shall catch men. Now, what Jesus did is that he targeted people who understood partnership, and he, he was in a situation. Um, the word partner in the New Testament and the word fellowship and the word partaker, they all come from a word family. The word is koinos, K-O-I-N-O-S, the, the koinos word family. We have koinos, koinonia, and these words mean sharers or partakers together. And what Jesus was trying to do was try to show Peter, watch this now, that I have something that you need and you have something I need. So, what I want to do first, and this is the order of scripture you follow from all the way from the Old Testament. When God wants to partner with a person, because he is the Lord of all, he asks you to put up the first dibs. He wants you to invest in it first because he already knows what he's going to do. And, it's based, and, and watch this now. He uses your faith as his excuse to partner with you. So, he gets in Peter's boat without asking permission, gets in the boat, and he said, I'll, I'll push out for a little bit. Peter responds, and when he does that, God says, That's a partner. He begins to preach. He preached for a long time. Peter, Now, you must understand, the Lord never spoke to his frustration. He had been fishing all night, caught nothing. The Lord knew it, but didn't say a word about it. He kept on preaching when he had finished his work that Peter partnered in by just being the captain of the boat. Now he turns to him and says, Now you've helped me, now let me help you. He says, uh, Going to the deep for, for a catch. And Peter said, Well, you know, he says, Here's the thing. You're a rabbi, I'm a fisherman. I know fishing. You know, rabbing. (laughs) I fish, you teach. Let's keep that. let's not cross over to each other's space. And the Lord says, but Peter goes on to say, nevertheless, what is what he says? At thy, at at thy what? Now we know that the law of faith says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word word of God. So when Peter says, here's what he says He says, in the natural, I have no evidence of substance. To to qualify me doing this again, I've done it all night and I know what I'm doing. But because you said it, I'm going to do it. And the Bible says when he went out into the deep, they let down the net. Immediately, too much fish came in. So much so that when they were bringing it in and no doubt you think Jesus is standing there looking like a rabbi, I promise you he's helping them. I promise you he's on that net with them trying to pull it in. And Peter remembers that the sons of Zebedee, matter of fact, the family of Zebedee, they're right across. their partners. So he calls for his partners. They come over and both of the boats are trying to sink from too much fish. And and Peter, after they they properly negotiate the situation, he turns to Jesus, falls on his knees and says, listen. He says, listen, you don't want to partner with me because I'm a sinful man. And Jesus looks at him never addresses the sin issue. Here's what he says. From now on, you think this is serious. You're going to catch men. Because I partner with us. Now, when I partner with you, you catch fish. But when you partner with me, we catch men. And so what we're dealing with today is faith to be a partner. Not everyone that comes to this church is a partner. As a matter of fact, there are three different types of people that's coming to this church. I'm going to tell you who they are. Number one, there are pirates that come here. And I now listen, I ain't trying to hate on you, but you're going to find yourself in the Word. Amen? How many of you want to find yourself in the Word? Yeah, when, listen, when the, the, one, the wonderful thing about God is when God finds you, it's not to shame you. He finds you to free you. They're pirates. A pirate is a person... who who is just like a regular pirate. He comes in, he comes in on on a ship flying his black flag with a skull and crossbones, he hitches his ship to yours, throws his hooks, his men come on, they get all your stuff, put it on their boat and they're off to the high seas. They leave you there wondering what just happened. The good thing about it is they leave you with your life. But all all they do is come and they take. They come and they take. They contribute nothing, they just come and they take. That's a pirate mentality. And we have a lot of people here that's pirates. You come in, you got a notebook full of notes, and you go back to your little crew and you say, you know what, um, you, um I got a revelation I want to share with you all, and you preach my revelation just like it's yours. <laughs> walk, around all, walk, walk around all spiritual, you know, you, you, people hear you talking they think that you just know God. All you do is quote pastor or, or quote, quote some, um, some minister you heard. You have no connection, no contribution, nothing. All you do is take, take, take. That's a pirate. I'm from the Caribbean, and in the Caribbean, you know a, a pirate is serious when, when, when they call his name, Bluebeard, the pirate. matter of fact, in the islands, they name, they name property after the, after the pirates, Bluebeard's Castle Hotel, Blackbeard Hill. You, you, know, you know you're a serious pirate when you're Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> y'all don't watch TV, y'all don't know. That's Pirates of the Caribbean, y'all just... When, when, when you, when you are, are such a taker that people associate your name with taking, it's time to change. In the city, you know, one of the things that I was talking to someone this weekend, and the person came from out of town to, to uh, the conference or to the retreat, and they were just, you know, the, the person was saying to me, they said, you know, Pastor, I don't get it. They said, sometimes I talk to your people, and they, apparently they come through quite a bit, and they said... They don't seem excited about what God did in Dothan. Here's what he said. The brother said, "I used to live in Dothan." He said, "I've never seen anything like what God did through you guys." He said, "It has never happened before." Matter of fact, he said, "I moved away because I never thought it could happen." He said, "I came back here and saw this place." He said, "I had to go see it myself." He said, "I walked in this place." I said, "Oh my God." He said, "But when I talked to you people, he, says, he said, he I couldn't tell if it was pride." cluelessness. He said, I couldn't tell. So he wanted to know, he said, what's your attendance? I said, well, you know, we, I said, the floor will be filled on a Sunday morning. When we first started, it was, but you know what, you know, it's amazing to me, the pirate mentality, you come and you take, and and anytime you come and it seems like there's not something to take that you need, he said, I ain't going to church this Sunday. Because you don't realize that coming to church is not just about taking. It's about if you're a partner, it's about sharing. As a matter of fact, the, word, the, word, the root word "coiners matter of fact, let me give you this definition. I wrote it down. The, 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 the word coinus means, means. Uh, uh, hold up, I'm coming there. It says, it means commonality or an ordinary sharing among us. Not just that we share, but it's what is expected of us. It's, the, it's a normal thing. If the Spirit of God speaks to me by word of knowledge and says there's a person in your mix that's short on their rent and, and all of a sudden I open my Bible and money falls out, that's, that, that doesn't happen every day. So if someone's short and money's falling out of my Bible, it, it speaks to me to say, maybe God wants me to share it. Yes. But pastor, suppose the person that gave it to you gave it to you for you. Well, here's the thing. When you give me something, it's not mine. And have I used it? It had nothing to do with you. If you gave it to me and I gave it to somebody, that's why I want it to happen. You see, we, we misunderstand this sharing together, this commonality. Amen. And so you come and you sit and you don't do anything. Watch this. I, I, I want you to be honest with me. How many, how many of you know your pastor loves you? Okay, let me ask you this. How many of you have been a member of this church for a year or so? Put your hand up? Okay. Year or so, year, year or so. Okay, good. Now, how many of you have been a member of this church over five years? Put your hand up over five years? Okay, good. Now, Back in, this is 2009, back in 2004, this church went over 1,000 members, 2004. Um, what we've seen a lot of since then is a lot of shifting. People come, people going, and a lot of people haven't left. What they've done is they just stopped attending regularly.
0: We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Hart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC Family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website at nccfamily.org, again, nccfamily.org. You can follow Pastor Hart on social media at HartRamsey on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can follow our church on Twitter at NCC Family, on Instagram at Northview Christian Church and on Facebook by searching for Northview Christian Church. Be sure to join us next time as we dive into God's word and get on course with Hart Ramsey.